Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Full Court Press has the latest news and opinions from men's and women's college basketball. Our hosts are John Fanta, who calls games all around the country for Fox Sports and others, and Kim Adams, an analyst for Fox and ESPN, and a former D1 baller who never saw a three-point opportunity she didn't like. If you don't believe me, check her Twitter page. Take it away, guys. It's a fresh edition of Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams as we tape on this Tuesday, April the 14th, 2020. John Fanta here on the west side of Cleveland, Kim Adams in Philadelphia. And we have a loaded show here today, Kim. We've got Illinois head coach Brad Underwood, who led the Fighting Illini to a strong season. Illinois basketball, it had been a little bit since they had been relevant in the national discussion of college basketball. Well, a 21-win campaign. They do have a couple of players that are in the NBA draft mix. So a really interesting offseason We'll talk with Coach Underwood about the turnaround of the Fighting Illini. But we also have involved our listeners into today's show. Yeah, John, we've had some good submissions. People trying to get a little bit of a a hoop fix during these slower times. So we'll see what they brought to the table. We'll also reflect a little bit on this year's Basketball Hall of Fame class. A lot of significant college basketball influencers in there, whether players or coaches. And exciting news this week, we've got the WNBA draft coming up on Friday. So we'll go into some of the players we're looking out for a little bit on that one. Um, But yeah, John, I'm really looking forward to this conversation with Brad Underwood, who has completely transformed the Illinois program, just finished his third year. It would have been their first appearance in the NCAA tournament since 2013 and this was just a loaded big 10 they were talking 10 11 teams making the big dance um and i know he's he's got some special food choices maybe some tacos we can ask him about um really looking forward to that conversation great to be joined by illinois men's basketball head coach brad underwood just completing his third season at the helm with the fighting illini and they go from 12-21 12-21 and 21 in 2018-19 to, what a turnaround, 21-10 and 10 this season. The Illini, one of the top teams in a loaded Big Ten conference. And Coach Underwood, while the season ended abruptly, how rewarding was it to lead the program's turnaround this year? Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, this, this group of guys will I'll always remember uh, as one of my favorite. And, uh, uh, there was so many positives, and and it did end up uh, disappointing and abrupt, and 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 I felt so bad for our seniors, and one of those which which was my son, and uh, to not to be able to step on that court uh, in an NCAA tournament game uh, when we we had to go through the the growing pains, we had to lay a foundation, we had to we had speed bumps, and uh, 
and roadblocks along the way, and, and yet it was uh, uh, it was no shortcuts. It was a lot of hard work. It's a great staff, and uh, this team was so fun to coach. And uh, I'll always choose to look back at this not as the the disappointment of, of the end of the year, uh, but of all the positive uh, things that this group did, how much fun they were to coach every day, and and uh, uh, always always have fond memories of this group. How special was it for you to coach your son, Tyler? Oh, there's nothing like it. And, you know, I say this a lot. You know, we, we, we grow up in this profession and we watch everybody else's kids play but our own. And, uh, you know, I never got to coach any of his uh, youth sports, youth baseball, soccer, whatever he was involved in, uh, because I was kind of the undependable father. You know, I was always gone and and, uh, you know, one of the advantages of being a head coach is you do control time. When you're an assistant, you don't. And, uh, uh, you know, I had great years at Kansas State with Frank Martin. And yet, um, you know, it just didn't work. I was, I, was, I was busy. I was gone. You're an assistant coach. You travel a bunch. And uh, uh, then to have him every day to walk out on the court and fist bump him and see how his day's going and, and chew his butt a little bit when he makes a mistake and know afterwards – uh, you know, he's, he's, that's, that's my son. That's not a player anymore. And, and, uh, that was really special. It'll be something we'll always have very, very fond memories of. Something I can relate to coach. I actually, my mom was my high school coach, a little bit of a different level of high school versus college, but really, really cool time for me and my mom. Um, so great to hear about that. Um, and just to shift to, this off season now a little bit, one that you've never seen before, one that no one has ever seen before in college sports. Um, as a player, this is sometimes the time we dread with the, the dreaded spring workouts going on. Uh, but now with players off campus and everything shut down, what is, what does that off season look like for the players right now? Um, many of who, you know, have limited access to maybe a ball, maybe a hoop in their driveway and, and no strength training equipment. So what has that looked like for your team? And what have you been telling them to try and stay in shape? Yeah, we're doing uh, twice a week. We do Zooms uh, with our group. Um, and those are more just uh, uh, informative uh, basketball-related things and, and academic things. And, and uh, uh, you know, one of the great challenges through all this is, is, is really the academic component. And uh, – not having access to, um, you know, the, the discipline and the, the structure of academic support and the tutoring, uh, you know, it takes a, a tremendous amount of uh, focus to do things online and discipline, and, and that's been very big. Uh, the basketball piece of it, uh, Adam Fletcher, our strength coach, uh, has put together a, a, a basically a video library of um, – workouts that are body weight type workouts and things that they can continue to do. They involve uh, all sorts of things from squats to dips to uh, finding whatever you can to, to do a curl, um, you know, and it, it's, it's a variety of things. We, we do those four days a week. We ask our guys to, to, to video themselves, uh, have some fun with it, find a partner, find a brother, a sister, a, a cousin, you know, somebody that, that may want to, work out as well um and uh, but it, it's been uh, it's been very well received our guys are doing a great job with it the basketball piece is hard 
and uh, you you um, you know parks are closed down. Uh, not everybody has an outdoor basket that they can get to or a, or a gym. So uh, you know we're asking them to try to you know be as creative as they can if they have a basketball. Do ball handling in a parking lot in a uh, in a driveway in a basement wherever they can to at least keep a feel of, of of a ball. So it is very unique. It's very different but we're not the only one. So it's, uh, uh, you know, we're trying to challenge our guys to be as creative as they can and still stay healthy. Sure. Uh, yeah, I actually use, I use some laundry detergent as a, as a weight the other day. So if you want it, that was actually a perfect one. If you need a little extra tip, that's a great, I- <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a yeah. great idea. Yeah, it was, I would have, I thought it was maybe at least seven pounds or so and it had the handle. So I was able to almost use it as a yep. kettlebell. So that was actually perfect. Um, and then just to, to shift to some of your players, cause it's also, you know, an unprecedented time to make some decisions. Um, your big Ted freshman of the year, Kofi Coburn has declared for the NBA draft and is, you know, thinking, trying to make his decision with all this going on. Um, maybe IO as well. Just what are the conversations like that you've been having with them as you know this is such a crazy time for them to have to make a decision like that yeah and all we can do is is really gather information and and that is very fluid as we all know uh everything we do is 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 fluid it's it's literally day to day we try not to get uh um thinking too far ahead in terms of uh something will change from from one moment to the next so uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about when the draft would even be. Um, there's uh, uh, there are certain um, deadlines that have to be met from an from an NCAA standpoint and uh, so on. But uh, you know, all we're trying to do is gather as much information as we normally would for any of our guys that that put their name in. Uh, let them uh, examine that information, have a uh, a good feel for what it looks like, and. Uh, answer any questions and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll go from there, but it, you know, it is challenging. There's, there's no combine, there's no on, on site workouts. There's no face to face interviews. Uh, those things are all, uh, are all, you know, gone by the wayside. So, uh, it's nobody's fault that it happened that way, but it is, it is the, the reality. And, uh, we'll just provide as much info as we can for these kids. Io Desumu, coach, is is it expected that he will formally declare for the draft? And what about his skill set could make him a player that's ready for this leap? Well, he's he's a guy that uh, is going through the uh, advisory committee and and uh, uh, you know going to figure out where his uh, you know what what those people say and you know that committee is so important uh, because you know. Uh, people have a tendency to just look at the college game and see who's declared and this and that. And, and that committee is so insightful because they have a very good idea of, uh, of the international guys that will declare and come in. Uh, so they're, uh, you know, they're right most of the time and very, very close to being right uh, all the time. So, uh, but you know, I always, uh, I always got tremendous, uh, tremendous size. He's a, he's a guy at guard that can play either the point or, or the off and, uh, you know, his, his best attributes, he's a, he's a superhuman being. He's a, he's an unbelievable worker. Uh, and he's, he's a kid that, um, does not fear 
the moment. He wants the ball. And, you know, of all the players, uh, you know, out there, I mean, he would have, he would have been a shining star in, in the NCAA tournament. And uh, uh, he lives for that stage. So, uh, you know, he's built for that. And, uh, you know, we'll see what this comes back. And, and uh, uh, you know, he'll make, a, he'll make a decision that, that he thinks is best for him because he's a very smart kid. Illinois head coach Brad Underwood is our guest. Coach, another big offseason storyline that is being discussed nationally and how it could impact the sport is the one-time transfer legislation uh, that's on the table with the NCAA. There's a working group, and last week it was reported that they would come together in late May to formally vote on this, that a transfer when they head to another school does not have to sit out a year to then play for that school. They would be immediately eligible in a world where there's already over 500 transfers and counting in college basketball and off season. What do you think this could do to the sport? Well, I think it's going to be really challenging. Uh, First of all, I think it'll be really, really uh, harmful to our game to do it now. Um, you know, and, and we talk about this a lot and, and, you know, we're doing all this for the, um, you know, to, for student athlete welfare, to, to help them and, and to give them the, the best opportunity that they want to be successful. But, um, you know, I have never, um, I, I can't see how in these times, uh, student athlete welfare is at the forefront of, being able to not visit, being able to not meet your new coach, being able to not meet your new teammates. Um, and all of a sudden, if we're back in school in August, you show up and, and, and how that's good, how that's a, 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 a success, a, 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 a place where you can be successful. I think it's just challenging that way. Uh, I really hope, I know we know it's coming at some point, I really hope they push it away um, and, and push it back a year. Um, you know, I don't know what they'll what they'll look to do, but uh, you know, I just think it, it it sets a bad precedence when when kids can't go visit, and uh, uh, we're all trying to get this started off on the right foot. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Um, I don't know what direction that'll go, and 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 like I said, I, we know it's coming. I think uh, without question, but. Uh, I think it makes it very difficult uh, to, to build continuity. And, and the one thing we always try to strive for in this game is, is our culture. And uh, obviously this makes it a little more difficult uh, to, 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 to enhance that. For sure. Thanks, Coach. Um, just to go back, you mentioned Frank Martin off the top, a friend of yours who you spent six seasons with him, one at South Carolina, five at your alma mater, Kansas State, uh, before going on to your first Division One head coaching job at Stephen F. Austin, and you had a pretty good year there in year one, 32 and three. Um, just what was your relationship like with Frank, and in what ways did he impact you that allowed you to right away go on and have success in, in your first head coaching role? Well, there, first of all, I, there, there's not a better human being in, in – not just in this profession, but um, they just don't come any better than Frank Martin. Uh, loyal, um, trusting, um, 
you know, those are the words that come to my mind. I mean, give, give his shirt off his back to, to help a friend. And, um, you know, it was, it was, um, a great opportunity for me, uh, because Frank allowed us to, to have a voice. Frank allowed us to coach. Um, you're, uh, uh, I learned a great deal from him. He's, he was tremendous at, at, uh, at, at putting a locker room together and, and connecting the dots and 15 guys from all parts of, of the world sometimes and getting them to play together for a common cause and, and uh, uh, very, very good uh, instructor. Uh, and, you know, the, the love he shows for his players is very, very genuine. And, 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 and Frank uh, gets the best out of every one of them. You don't see a young man leave his program uh, and they, they, they love him like a father. And, uh, uh, so I, a lot of lessons learned there, and, and I was very fortunate. Uh, I've been I've been with some great people along the way, um, and Frank being one of them, uh, obviously that have impacted me. And, and when I got the Stephen F. job, um, you're able to take, you know, playing for Jack Hartman at Kansas State, and, and being around Bob Huggins, and being around Jim Kerwin for ten years at Western Illinois. All those guys had one one thing in common: they're winners, and. Uh, uh, I was able to take those things and, and inherit a, a program that, that cared about basketball, and, and all of a sudden we're we're 32 and three, and and uh, you know that was uh, uh, that was an enjoyable year, a fun year, but but a year that uh, um, you know year one I was very very fortunate, very blessed. <clears throat> Awesome stuff. Uh, let's go off the court a little bit. I think with, with the pandemic going on, we've had some more time to spend in the kitchen, which for me has been a struggle at times. But we did see that you tweeted what you call your world-famous tacos the other day. So can you tell us a little bit more about your recipe and why these, why these tacos are world-famous? I think we may have to get a shipment. Well, they're... Um... First of all, I don't make them very often because of the mess that they make when I make them. And uh, so my wife is, uh, uh, you know, kind of, you know, she hates the kitchen the way I leave it afterwards. But, uh, uh, and and it really started with, with Io DeSumo. Io's, one of Io's favorite meals is tacos. And uh, I had not made these in a long time. I think one of the one of the hazards of, of, of moving as much as we have here in the, in, in the last few years was, you know, some of those things get left on the, on the, on the back burner, so to speak. But uh, yeah, with this, we, we decided uh, uh, we were going to, we were going to get that out and start working on those tacos. And, and uh, you know, the whole key is getting the grease uh, at the right temperature and, you know, it's just a meat of your choice. Uh, and uh, we take those tortillas and we put the we cook the meat and we put it in there, uh, and then uh, toothpick up those tortillas, and then we throw them in uh, in the grease and get them the right. Uh, you know, you can some some people like them a little more floury, a little more crispy, and and uh, which is how I like them. And and uh, then you take those toothpick, take them out, and open them up and put a little bit of cheese in there so that while they're hot, while that beef is still hot or that meat's still hot, let that melt. Um, and then uh, uh, we do everything fresh, fresh jalapenos uh, or habaneros because I like them hot. 
uh, and then, you know, your tomatoes, your avocados, your uh, obviously lettuce, uh, onions, and just pile it on and, uh, and, and go to town. And, and uh, uh, we make them big, so it's, it's really a full meal to try to eat two, for me anyway. But uh, they're, uh, they're, they're a fan in the Underwood household. Our, our, our kids love them. Wow. This sounds like I'm, a very <laughs> intense process, Coach. I'm salivating right I ta- now. I, I don't know about you, John. I, I take it very seriously. <laughs> I shouldn't, but uh, uh, I don't cook. I don't cook uh, uh, those very often. So when I do, I want them to be good. I want them to be right. And attention uh, to detail. We, That's why you're a successful <laughs> coach. Yeah, and uh, you know now the cleaning up afterwards. Um, you know, I go sit in the recliner and talk about how good they were. And... <laughs> you, you don't have a manager staff in the kitchen, coach, is what you're trying I, to I say. Don't. I don't. Well, Cleaning I, the I, kitchen I is the my, worst. I, I bribe my two college-aged daughters. <laughs> 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 That's great stuff. So what have you guys been binge-watching? Well, right now I am in, I am in the middle of, uh, of James Bond. Um, and, uh, I have, I, I just finished succession and I've been, um, uh, I was, I was kind of watching Well, I was, I finished suits during the year, but I'm a huge James Bond guy. So now I've gone back to the first one and, uh, Dr. No from Russia with love Goldfinger, uh, I'm on now. So I'm going to, I'm going to binge watch all the, all the bond flicks again. Great choices there. (laughs) Uh, Coach, last one from me. We know you had a playing career as well. I was interested to know what are the similarities or differences between Brad Underwood, the player, and Brad Underwood, the coach? (laughs) There's a lot. Uh, (laughs) First of all, there was never a shot I didn't like. Um, but uh, And I was such a bad defender. Um, I, I kind of the running, running joke was I always, I've always, uh, told my kids I was the best help defender of all time. As soon as my man caught the ball, I just started screaming help. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, I, I have a real tendency to really emphasize the defensive end. We spend a lot of time in practice on it. Uh, there's a big difference there cause I didn't like playing defense. I wasn't great at it. Uh, but, uh, but I do, as a as a as an old point guard, uh, I do have a tremendous appreciation for that position and 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 being able to pass the ball and uh, that was one of the few things that I could really do as well. So uh, that's probably the biggest similarity is I try to recruit guys who can really pass. And uh, but uh, the defensive end, ooh, that was uh, that was not good for me. And my team plays it much better than I do. <laughs> Well, Coach Underwood, I, I want to leave you with this uh, during these times. We'll, we'll end on a, on a light note here. So let's say you're making those tacos. You've got James Bond going. And I have to – well, well, I'm sure you'd probably put him at the top of your list. I'm, I'm going to throw out Frank Martin since you two are so close. But you are quarantined inside a house with three other college basketball coaches. Who are they and why? Oh man, we can go a lot of different directions with this. Well, Frank Frank would be one, Hugs would be two, 
for just simply the just simply the the fact that there would be uh Andy Kennedy would probably be a third just simply because the laughter would never cease. And those got those guys are uh as serious as they are as coaches and as competitive as they are. Uh one they're all three good guys. We'd have a lot of fun. Uh, it would be interesting to see AK's skinny, but the rest of us be interesting to see how much how much food we could eat and how much how much weight we would gain but uh but we would we would have a blast telling stories and and uh and laughing so it would be a uh it'd be a house full of laughter there'd be no doubt about that frank could oh, fix, but- frank could fix good, frank could fix good cuban food we'd have a little oxtail we'd have we'd have uh uh beans and rice and you know, hugs will hugs will bring skyline chili. <laughs> you know, That's a favorite we'll, of John's. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh you know, hugs get that shipped in by the case, so we'll have we'll be we'll all be good there and and uh, our digestive tracts may not be real healthy, but we'll 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 have a lot of fun doing it. Bob Huggins could have a reality show. We would all watch. Oh absolutely absolutely. <laughs> absolutely absolutely. And uh one of the great storytellers, one of the great coaches, deserves to be uh, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and uh, he'll get there soon. But uh, yeah, what a great guy! The head coach of the Fighting Illini, Brad Underwood, and coach, I'll, I'll give you the chance here. I know these times are unprecedented, and, and right now, uh, these are critical times in our country. What message would you have to your fan base and beyond? Well, I hope everybody, first of all, stay safe and 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 uh know that uh the underwoods are doing their part to flatten the curve i hope they are we i think we've all found out that uh uh sports and and uh uh is is a great value for entertainment and we need to get that back and going again along with our economy and and the illini will be back uh stronger and better and and uh looking forward to uh, what the future holds for for illini basketball Coach, congratulations on a strong 2019-20 campaign, and good luck with what's ahead with your program. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks again to Brad Underwood for the time on Full Court Press. Kim, let's jump into a couple of storylines, one of which is the 2020 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame class, and Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, they headline the class there's also a lot of impactful college basketball figures within it, and I don't think there's any drop-off within this class. It's it's pretty impressive how all of these different figures, just the category of greatness at which they sit in. I mean, you think about the coaches, and I'll go with the men's game. I know that Kim Mulkey on the women's game of Baylor, but how about Eddie Sutton? There were a lot of people that were holding out hope that, that this could be the year that Eddie gets inducted. He has been uh, suffering with some health issues, but still around and, and will hear his name call as, as well as family. I mean, all he did in his career was compile 806 wins. He's one of only 10 coaches in college basketball history to surpass 800 victories, and he won everywhere he went. He's known for his time with Oklahoma State, but also at Creighton, Arkansas, and, hey, Kentucky. That's right. BBN loves him as well, and always will, because he went to the NCAA tournament with all four of those schools and reached three Final Fours. So 
one of college basketball's greatest coaches ever. And that's why there were so many people holding out hope that Eddie Sutton could get inducted. A, a true winner and a Hall of Famer part of the list. And I know, Kim, on the women's side, if there's somebody who has been an example of building a program from the bottom up, it's Kim Mulkey and what she has done with Baylor. Yeah, I mean, Kim Mulkey, she's only been two places. She was an assistant for a long time at her alma mater, Louisiana Tech. And then since the year 2000, it's been all Baylor. And she has done incredible things there. Three national titles, 2005, 2012, 2019. Potentially, I think you pre- your prediction was that she would have been back in the title game again this year, John. She had a lot of talent coming back. Um, but, but we mentioned her time at Louisiana Tech. She was a big-time player there as well, John. And she's actually the only person in basketball – male, female, whoever, who's won a national championship as a player, which she did at Louisiana Tech, as an assistant coach, also at Louisiana Tech, and now a three-time national champion as a head coach at Baylor. Um, So she is, she's top of the top. I had a chance to meet her for a bit last year uh, down at the Elite Eight in Greensboro, I was calling her game for national radio and had the chance to sit down with her. It's so much personality. Um, what you see on, on TV for the games is exactly what she's like in practice uh, off the court. And she's got great style as well, John. <laughs> she does. And she she's transcended the game with her charisma, with her personality, and with her winning ability. I mean, she has has had so much success with Baylor, a program that before she got there, Kim, had never been to an NCAA tournament. And all she's done is not only get them to the big dance, but rack up national championships. There's another coach as well, uh, not a Division I coach, so she doesn't get as much attention, but she deserves as much attention for the success she's had. She's the head coach at Bentley University. It's Barbara Stevens who has had a remarkable career. You get this, an 882 and 191 record. That's insane. I mean, that that is incredible. What she's been able to do in the NE10 in, in Division Two. she's a five-time National Division Two Coach of the Year. I mean, she, she's been the class of D2, and her success level of being about 700 games over 500 for your career, yeah, I'd say that's Hall of Fame material. What I think is incredible, probably the most incredible thing is she's been at Bentley since 1986. So she's, <laughs> she's been there for 30 plus years, which you you just don't see that in the game. And, you know, rightfully so people are looking to move up, but the fact that she's that committed to one university, I mean, that's, that's commendable. That's, that's amazing. It really is. And she's still there going strong at Bentley. She's going to Get her 900th win at some point here. Could get a 1,000 if she keeps on rolling. So congrats to Barbara Stevens as well. And then Kim, Tamika Catchings. What does she mean to you? She is, she's, I mean, she's a GOAT. As a women's basketball player, um, she was who everybody was watching. And we talked to one of her teammates just a couple weeks ago, Dr. Sarah Edwards, um, who had great things to say about her as a competitor and what she was like in practice. But Tamika Catchings is just 
somebody who you mentioned with Kim Mulkey has transcended the game. Um, she could, man, she could defend, she could score, um, played at Tennessee. She only surprised, maybe somewhat surprisingly, but I guess, you know, Gina Wariama would have something to say about that. She only won one national championship with Pat Summit, but she was a four-time first-team All-American. I mean, that's insane to think as a freshman right away coming onto the scene, named a first-team All-American, would go on to do it three more times. Obviously had tremendous success in the WNBA, a 10-time All-Star, four-time Olympic gold medalist, and she's still involved now with the Indiana Fever. I did see she had a tough tough outing in the horse game the other day. I think she was playing Mike Conley, but it, it seemed like that whole operation was just a little bit of a mess. Mike Conley was shooting inside of his own gym. She was outside basically in the snow in Indiana. Um, but Tamika Catchings, I mean, is as good as they come as a, as a basketball player, male or female. Just a goat in, in all ways, shapes and forms. And, Speaking of women's basketball, big week. Friday night, the WNBA draft. It'll be on ESPN. And Kim, what I eye is the the first thing that everybody should be eyeing. The New York Liberty with the first pick. Sabrina Ionescu of Oregon uh, going to head to the Liberty. It's, it's all but done. And I, I just think Sabrina, New York, the Liberty are making the move to the Barclays Center. So Sabrina's in the Big Apple. This just says fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really exciting time for the Liberty. They have a new head coach as well, um, and I think it'll be a tremendous for them moving to the city. They, they had actually been playing the last few seasons in my hometown of White Plains, New York, about 30 minutes outside of the city. Um, so it seems like they're, they have great leadership going on right now. Um, a couple other names I'm looking out for in the draft, Kennedy Carter. If you haven't heard of her, she – she played at Texas A&M, decided to forgo her senior season. I've had the opportunity to call one of her games before. She is an electric scorer. She's gone for 30, 40 points multiple times in the NCAA tournament. She's a point guard as well. Um, so people are saying now that she decided to enter the draft, she could be you know, as high as a top three, top five pick. Um, and then I got to show some love to the Ivy League. There's a, a 6'4 wing player out of Princeton, Bella Allery. Yes. Her dad played at Duke with Jay Billis. Um, I've had the chance to watch her play numerous times over the last last couple of years. She's a sleeper. She's she's like an Elena Deladon type. Not going to say she's she's that good at least yet, but she has the build. She has the skill set of a guard at six four. She could take you inside out. Um, so there's there's been some talk about her the last few days. So those are just a couple couple sleepers to look out for. In addition to Sabrina, who is tremendous, and everyone's talking about her. Friday night, 7 Eastern Time, ESPN, the WNBA Draft. For our final segment of the show, we've got a little Ask K-A-J-F. We've asked for some Twitter questions. The fans have submitted them uh, deep into the night on, on Monday night. We still got some submitted questions. So here's the first one, Kim. Should Tyshawn Alexander leave Creighton? Now the star junior wing announced on Friday that he was declaring for the NBA draft that he's leaning towards staying in the NBA draft. That's what stadium's Jeff Goodman reports. 
Obviously, Alexander will go through this process, but by all indications, he, he said on Friday that he's leaning towards staying in the draft, but that he still needs some more feedback. But should he leave Creighton, Kim? Oh. Do the Jays remain a top 10 team in your opinion? I think regardless of his decision, this is a top 10 team with how much they have coming back. And I I believe Jacob Epperson will be slated to come back as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So you, you add that to the perimeter play of Marcus Zagorowski. Uh, they just, they have so much on the perimeter. They have size inside. So I think regardless of whether he comes back, this is a, a top 10 team because of how much they did this year. And, and basically everything will come back. Um, I do think this is just a, a tough time for anyone to have to make a decision. Um, I would love to see him come back for one more year. I think he could be big East player of the year, hands down um, his ability to defend the best guards in the country. We saw him, you know, give Marcus Howard, Miles Powell uh, fits this season. Um, I would love to see him come back and really take his offensive level as well, take his offensive game to to another level. Um, I think one more year would be great for him. I think, you know, they'll have a chance to, to make a Final Four run, maybe a national championship run. I think it would be a really fun year for him. I would love to see him come back, um, but he's also shown – you know, what a tremendous upside he has and and what a big jump he made in his junior season. So I don't know. What do you think, John? I'm going to disagree with you. I think this is a top 15 to 20-ish team without Tyshawn Alexander. He is an all-Big East first-team caliber player. He would be on the preseason all-Big East first team without a doubt. This is a player who averaged over 16 points per game, but also was Greg McDermott's premier defender. When Creighton needed somebody to lock down on an opposing star, Tyshawn Alexander was the one picking up that star. He held down Miles Powell and Marcus Howard. Without that defensive climb, I don't think Alexander is declaring for the NBA draft, but that has made him think that potentially he could be fit for making the leap now. And he said last week that he just thinks maybe focusing on primarily basketball uh, would be the best thing for him. Now, everybody's got their own opinion. You know what? Uh, He's got to make the best choice for himself. That said, this Creighton team without him, I think their ceiling's a sweet 16. With him, I think their ceiling could be a final four. I think he means that much. Now, Creighton does have Antoine Jones coming in from Memphis, and they do have, hopefully, Jacob Epperson, the the seven-footer from Australia, back in the rotation for them. But he's had more injuries in his career than he's been able to put together impactful performances. So it's a mystery. Uh, But this Creighton team was made so good because they had Alexander defending. And Kim, in the past, the issue with Creighton has been defense and the perception that they're a little bit soft. Alexander gave them a toughness level. I think Marcus Zagorowski is one of the best point guards in college basketball. But I just think Alexander put them over the top because when you have that good of a player alongside a point guard, not that Mitch Ballock couldn't also serve that role, but Alexander was the go-to. He was the 
the not the sidekick. He was the guy alongside Zagorowski really making that drink stir. It's not to say Greg McDermott couldn't get this roster going in the right direction and could get them potentially in that territory of going deep in the tournament. I just think they'd have some real retooling to do, especially defensively without Tyshawn Alexander. The backcourt is what makes Creighton so good, and him as a defender made them so good. I hope Alexander comes back too. Creighton has never been a top-five team, ever. Ever, no. even with Doug McDermott. They've never been in the top-five nationally. Tyshawn Alexander would put them there. Yeah. Just one other thing to consider, though, John, is how much defense you really need to play when you're scoring about 95 points per game. But, yeah, <laughs> but true. no, But no, he... Tyshawn Alexander, he made his mark defensively, like like we said. I'd, I'd love to see him come back. I think it'll be, it would be so fun to see that group just take that next step with another year of maturity and experience under their belts. Okay, our next question comes from Doug Adams, and he says, "No relation to me, to... by the way. No relation." <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> as far as I know, I've no Dougs in the family. Let's hope okay. that's the case. Well, He's a Hoya fan. Um, we have not talked much Georgetown uh, on this show, but, you know, I, I'll start with around. this before we even ask the question. When Georgetown's good, it's good for college basketball. And, Kim, it's been a while. It's been a while that the Hoyas have been relevant. Uh, they were relevant this past season, but not for the right reasons. Uh, so Doug's a Hoya fan. He says, is Patrick Ewing offering literally every grad transfer in America? How much are we in start-over mode after last year's midseason exodus? And then he proceeded to write sigh. <laughs> Have you gotten a grad transfer offer, John? Do you still have any eligibility <laughs> left? Patrick Ewing told me I would have no chance of playing for him. So I don't <laughs> anticipate that coming. Um, this is my thing with, with grad transfers, John. Um, and it's become a huge part of the game in recent years. Grad transfers are a quick fix. Grad transfers are, we need... We need a veteran leader in the locker room for a year. We need a we need a knockdown shooter. Grad transfers aren't building a program. They're they're not building a culture. They're coming in for a quick year, making an immediate impact. But the problem with with grad transfers is they're there for a year and then they're gone. I think it's it's very crucial to build your foundation like we're just talking to Brad Underwood. His success has been his recruiting in his first three seasons, and and his team's success has been freshmen and sophomores. Um, so, you know, a, one or two good grad transfers maybe can help you get a couple more wins, maybe make a, a run in the big dance if they can knock down some threes. Um, but it's I, I feel the frustration for Hoya fans after losing a, a couple really good players, le just leaving the program midseason. Uh, Mac McClung declared for the NBA draft. I, I would expect he'll be back. Um, but I feel their frustration because you're almost back at, at square one right now when it comes to recruiting and, and building a solid foundation and a culture of your program. All right, our final question. I'll, I'll ask, this uh, one Kim is Adams for you, I guess. Yeah, I get. I don't really understand this question, so we'll. It's an Ohio thing, Good, I guess. Because I don't either. Robert Gunther is asking you, John, if you could change Cleveland's name. John is a Cleveland native. If you could change Cleveland's name to Cincinnati, you'd definitely do it, right, John? Hashtag SJUBB. I don't know how this ties into St. John's basketball. 
Robert, no. <laughs> no, I'm not changing the name of Cleveland to Cincinnati. Both cities are great in their own ways. But Cincinnati has the Bengals, and I hate the Bengals. Okay? Cleveland is staying the way that it is. Cleveland is the city of dreams. It's the city of champions. It's the city of belief. Kim, don't butt in here. Let me have my (laughs) moment of glory. When was the last champion? We're not changing the name of Cleveland. What's that? When was the last champion? Was Um, the Cavaliers 2000? I'm offended. Yeah, the Cavaliers 2016. It's a timeless title, Kim. How'd the Browns do this year? the name of my hometown. How'd the Browns do this year? They had seven wins, which is more than (laughs) they've had almost every other year in the last decade. Right, right. And I think the turnaround's coming. The NFL draft Uh, is next week. I expect expect to hear from you on on who your Giants are picking. Ooh, I was re-watching our Super Bowl win. The other night, yeah, uh, yeah, right. lot, lot. in the past. Yeah, we're not going to see that for a while. I just, I heard, you know, everyone was saying the Browns were Super Bowl contenders, and uh, wow, that sure didn't happen. Did you hear that an NFL? Uh, yeah, okay, don't, okay, don't <laughs> steal my thunder here. But to answer Robert's question, hell no, we're not changing the name of Cleveland to Cincinnati. Cincinnati what does it have to do with St. John's for... though? I'm confused. Why does? Why no did sense. he tag St. John's? Why did he hashtag St. John? I think Jones? Robert had had a couple drinks in him, to be frank. Um, <laughs> NFL draft is next week. I'm going to close on this. I cannot believe, partner, that an NFL GM, I guess I should believe this, but Mike Garoppolo reported yesterday that an NFL general manager spent $10,000 on rewiring his internet for the draft? That's what a- were you on, AOL? <laughs> With the dial-up modem, I that ten thousand on internet. Yep. Come on, that's absurd. I there's just think of so many better things you could buy. But I guess it, you know people are worried about this draft. They think they're gonna get hacked into. So I guess he's. I mean, there better be like a steel wall built around your <laughs> laptop for ten thousand dollars. I I don't know. <laughs> We'll see. I want to see how the virtual drafts work. And in fact, the WNBA has first up here. I mean, I'm really curious to see how this all works out because other leagues, the NBA in particular, in a lot of ways, the NBA has tried things, Kim. This is no secret. They have tried things in the NBA G League and then the WNBA to see if they work. Mm -hmm. So my fingers are crossed here. Uh, And of course, I'll be watching the WNBA draft, but for, for the sake of all pro sports, MLB draft, you name it, they almost need uh, they, they need these virtual drafts here in the next 10 days to work out well. Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. It's just uh, let's hope it goes better than the horse competition went. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> that, that, did you see that? I mean, that was God awful. I, it I looked, did not see it. it <laughs> the players were filming on their own iPhones. It looked like surveillance footage it was it was it was as oh as jj reddick said jj reddick tweeted i gave it a, i gave it five minutes hard pass <laughs> wow wow well you can follow kim adams on twitter and instagram for better footage of, <laughs> of jump shooting and training sessions and all kinds of things out in philadelphia i know you're staying busy 
Yeah, whatever. I don't. Yeah, I've been doing my laundry detergent, uh, shoulder presses, my ball handling, like Coach said. Just trying to do anything these days. How are you? You got to get a sponsor for the laundry detergent. I know, Tide. Where are you at? Come on. I've, I was doing some <laughs> some squats with that. I was doing it all. How are your workout regimens? Uh, last night I watched. <laughs> That's I, I, I asked for your workout. I asked for your workout regimen. That not was a your... workout. It was intense. Oh God! No, I, I walked the dog yesterday. I went a little over a mile. Okay. We'll get to two Small or three steps. here later this week. I'm going to go down the Cleveland Metro Parks and and take a two or three mile walk. That's what I'm doing down in Cleveland Metro Parks. Beautiful, beautiful area. Love it. Just stay socially distanced, six feet. That's what I will. Where maybe wear we'll a mask. We hope all our Hope all our listeners are, too. Another episode of Full Court Press with Fanton Adams is in the books. Thanks again to Illinois men's basketball head coach Brad Underwood for spending some time with us. Thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein for all of their help. Ben Wolf at Edmonds the show, and we always appreciate his contributions. And you can please check out our other Pure Hoops media shows. That's right, John. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong drops every Wednesday. On Thursdays, the legendary Monica McNutt comes by with buckets, boards, and blocks. On Fridays, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Mike Wise Show drops every Monday. And John and I will be back every Tuesday with Full Court Press. So please check out all of our shows, download them, rate and review them, enjoy them. And and once again, just continuing to... Wish that everyone stays safe, stays healthy. Um, I know we've been hearing that the curve is starting to flatten, but it's so important that we continue to adhere to what the CDC and the government is telling us to do. And just a thank you again to all of the medical employees, doctors, nurses, hospital staff, um, who are just really risking their their health, um, risking their lives every day to go into work without complaint, um, leaving their families at home. Uh, during these scary times. So thank you again to them. Um, and, and there's people, you know, doing other things that may not be recognized. I know there's a lot of people who are making meals uh, for people who can't afford meals right now and are um, going to certain locations to pick up daily meals. So just people like that um, who are, you know, also risking their health and for the betterment of others. So thank you to everyone and anyone who's having a small part in, in trying to make these times a little bit better and a little bit easier. Absolutely. You are the heroes, all our frontline workers. Uh, I can't imagine uh, what the healthcare folks are going through right now. But what I do know is we could not be more appreciative for all that you're doing day in, day out. We know this is a process. It's not something that's just going to be an on-off switch. And what you continually do to try to get us through this process is, is frankly, um, an act that is heroic. So, Thank you. God bless all those frontline workers for everything that you are doing. And we hope that all our listeners are staying safe, staying healthy. We hope that we're maybe giving you a resort uh, with Full Core Press to listen to and to gather some hoops knowledge. And if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion, feel free to tweet at Kim and me and we'll work it in on the show because that's what we want to do. We want to please you guys, the listeners. So we will talk to you next week on Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.